Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome back to Thoughts on Thoughts. I am your number one greatest host, Jessica Miller. Number two greatest host is, you guys can fight for this right now. It's Taylor Thomas. <laughs> All right, Taylor wins. I'm not going to fight. I know I'm subpar compared to both of you. Whatever. Oh, whatever. whatever. <laughs> that was not dripping with, with sarcasm. It was a sincere feeling. You guys are really <laughs> wonderful humans. Thank oh, you for so being kind. vulnerable, but KJ, you are an amazing host as well. You are. Thank you for not rejecting me. I feel so emboldened. <laughs> I feel so connected to you. Emboldened. Okay. <laughs> Let's just dwell on that word right I'm there. I'm not sure where I pulled that from, but it was I nice, liked it. Though. It felt right. Oh, and I'm KJ Reed. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. Third host. So today... If you haven't caught on from what we've been saying, you probably haven't. It's been weird <laughs> what we've been saying. Pretty intense. Uh, but we're going to be talking about vulnerability, which is a topic that I love. So let's start off with a good old definition. I'm going to quote the goat, which, I mean, if you guys have listened to, I don't remember what episode it was probably emotional awareness. I think I talked about her because I just really think she is the greatest social worker of all time, but that is mm -hmm. Brene Brown. Author, speaker, she's awesome. She defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, which mm -hmm. I really like that definition because she then follows it up with saying to be alive is to be vulnerable, which is so true. I think mm -hmm. we can feel vulnerability on the daily. So we should be feeling it on the daily to we be really, really be. living the human experience, honestly, right? And she defines it as wholehearted living too, right? That every day we have to be engaged wholeheartedly in our life. So that includes vulnerability every day. Where have you guys felt it? What are your sagas? Oh, with vulnerability. Don't it, don't it give us TMI, but like give us the give us the I rundown. have some good TMI, honestly. Yeah. Well, hold it in. Well, <laughs> my husband would say it's TMI. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm viewing it as being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So, it, I feel like it's right. So, here is the epitome of my vulnerability. One once upon a time, I fell in love with this guy named Elliot Miller. Wait, Spoiler okay, alert. Wait, right I feel like if you're going to do this right, you have to say his full name. Okay. I fell in love with this kid, Wade Elliot Miller, the fourth. Thank you. There it is. Yeah. He is a fourth. So I was pretty obsessed with him and it was just kind of like at the end of the summer, I became super obsessed. We went to California together and I was like, he is the one. And 
he did not feel the same way. And he went to Washington, D.C. for a semester. This was when I was in grad school. And he left and I talked to him constantly, like every day. And it was hard because he didn't like me. So it's kind of hard. It was very vulnerable for me because for me, I felt very connected to him, but he was like kind of meh about me and I could tell. And so every day I kept talking to him. It was very vulnerable. I had a lot of breakdowns. Luckily, KJ was my roommate and therapist at that time. I actually think I had a therapist at this time. So KJ was my therapist and I had a therapist. You had an in-house therapist and an I did. house Wait. Exactly. <laughs> I was waiting for you in to house say Alan. <laughs> so when Elliot got back, we hung out one time and it was just like super unclear how he was feeling, what was happening. But for me, I had just invested like six months of my life just really being obsessed with this person. Not in a creepy way, guys. I was appropriate most of the time. <laughs> but then I was like, okay. It is make it or break it time because I had been vulnerable for so long, putting myself out there, talking to him, trying to get him to love me. Right. That's what we do when we like someone. And I was like, I can't do this for another six months. I made a plan. I decided to sit him down and tell him how how I felt. I got a ton of pep talks beforehand because I was not ready to be that vulnerable, but I knew it had to happen. We had this living room that was really big. And it had this really long couch, like bigger than a full size. It had like four, four cushions, I think. It was pretty long. And then we had a love seat. And Elliot sat on the farthest away cushion on the love seat. And I sat on the farthest away cushion on the big couch. So we were very far away from each other, like almost yelling, not literally, but <laughs> it felt like it. Because for me, that was a lot safer to be vulnerable if there was some distance. And Elliot physical distance. Yeah. yeah, He could tell that we were going to have a talk because I was like, I need you to come over. He came over. He sat down. We talked for a second. And then I was just like, you know what? Like, I like you and I want to date you. Hardest thing I ever had to say. Got it out. And his response, it will live in infamy in our family forever. He goes, well, I guess I could ask you on a date. So, like <laughs> everything you hope for as you share your feelings with the person you've been obsessed with for six months, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's good enough for me. And it continued to just be super awkward. And then mm-hmm. he left and I was like, okay, what's going to happen? But then obviously that moment of vulnerability led to we started a relationship. We could actually be vulnerable through the relationship. Now we're just happily married and everything is great and wonderful, right? It was rough. <laughs> Sounds rough. I have a $3 question for you. $3? I was like, is that a thing? I feel like that's a good amount, you know? Is it yeah. supposed to be million? Well, yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's million dollar million question. dollar question, yeah. But I'm going to leave but it at three. $3. <laughs> Would you have still felt like it was worth it if he had just said, oh, I don't feel that way, and then went home and never asked you on a date? Yeah. That was what I had to wrestle with a lot beforehand was because I knew that that was a good possibility. I had invested all this time and energy, and he was not investing the same, so he could have been like, I'm so sorry, I don't feel the same way. Mm -hmm. But for me, 
I had come to this place just in my life where I was like being vulnerable and honest and authentic about my feelings is more important than possibly getting rejected. And I knew that I would regret it forever if I didn't actually just be honest and forthcoming with what I was feeling. So yeah, if he had been like, I'm sorry, I don't feel the same way. I would have been mortified and I would have for sure eaten ice cream after that, (laughs) but I would have lived and I would have connected with someone else later, but it was so worth it to be vulnerable either way that it went. Yeah. So it really is leaning into that uncertainty and knowing that, it may not go the way you want it to, but still doing it. And I like I like what she was saying where she was talking about, you know, like how she had to do work before that point, because I think it's important to remember that with vulnerability, it's not always going to pay off immediately. Like Jessica said, she said, you know, ideally I would have made this proclamation. And then he would have been like, I've been in love with you this whole time. I just haven't been able to express myself. I don't, something, exactly. something like that. Right. But then she got this answer of, I guess I could ask you out. And maybe if she was in a different point in her life, she would have let that dictate her behavior at that point of saying, oh my gosh, this wasn't what I was expecting. This didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this. I'm going back, to pull pedal, back, backpedal, backpedal. Back, yeah. I, I didn't That's really what you see it. in like every show, right? Yes. And yes. it's like, just be honest with your feelings. Yes. But I think the, the interesting and impressive thing here is that Jessica did so much work before and she was all in. She was ready for any outcome because she valued vulnerability more than she valued that outcome. And so I think, I mean, not that she didn't value her relationship with Elliot, but she was being very honest and authentic about what she was feeling. And she allowed that. So it's her intent behind what she was doing that made all the difference. And I really like what you just said, Taylor, where you said intent, because I think that is a really crucial part of understanding vulnerability. And if you're being vulnerable, it's looking at what is my intent? Is my intent behind sharing this with someone to connect with them, to build a healthy relationship with them, to share, or Mm -hmm. is it to get attention from them? You know, validation, like inappropriate validation. Yes. Yes. That made me um, think of this quote by the goat, Brene Brown. So she said, Live tweeting your bikini wax is not vulnerability, nor is posting a blow-by-blow of your divorce. That's an attempt to hotwire connection, but you can't cheat real connection. It's built up slowly. It's about trust and time. This makes me think of, I don't know, the mental health industry is just such an interesting thing because... We want there to be awareness. We want people to learn how to be healthier, but sometimes things almost become trendy. Like we therapists have been talking about self-care for years, but then suddenly I'm seeing it pop up on all these like commercial ads for things like a foot bath or makeup or Whatever it might be. Get yourself that sweater because you deserve it. Because hashtag self-care. And I feel like it's almost like vulnerability is kind of getting to that point as well where it's becoming a trendy thing to do. It's becoming trendy to be real on social media and to share our deepest, darkest things. And 
we just have to understand if we're doing that in a way that's misplaced or not really helping us connect with people. Am I posting this because I want to connect with people, I want to share, I want to share my experience, maybe it'll help somebody, or am I sharing this because I want attention, or I want likes, or I want to appear popular, or I want to show that my highlight reel really isn't a highlight reel so people think I'm actually being more real. Mm-hmm. Is it artificial or yeah. is it reality, you know? Yeah, and I think it's it's a good point to make that. I mean, with all of these things, of course, we want to raise awareness about them and we want to get them out there. We want people to feel educated. That's why, you know, for example, with self-care and vulnerability, people are talking about them more, which is exactly what we want people doing. But sometimes when those things get spread so thin, they become kind of convoluted and we start to forget what vulnerability actually is. And we start kind of hopping onto this trendy train of doing what other people are doing instead of realizing that vulnerability is actually about authenticity and it's about connection and it's about creating ties with people that we can depend on and feel secure in. And so, I mean, of course we want to be aware about these things, but we also want to be careful with ourselves. We need to respect ourselves enough to be careful about our vulnerability and the things that we're sharing with other people because it takes a lot of care and it takes a lot of attention to be vulnerable in a proper way to keep us healthy. There's this quote by Paulo Coelho and it says, the strongest love is the love that can demonstrate its fragility. And I really, really love that quote because it's when we talk about love with other people and the love for ourselves, that love can deli- can demonstrate how fragile it actually is. But just because something is fragile does not mean that it is weak. Fragility and weakness are not synonymous. They are actually very different. Mm-hmm. And something that's fragile is if we are fragile with ourselves and our self-concepts and if we recognize that fragility, then we treat it with respect and we take care of it. And that's how we create those connections with other people is through that vulnerability, but with a lot of respect and trust. Right. Because vulnerability is actually strength. Mm -hmm. It's not a weakness. And that word vulnerability, we think of it as like the helpless infant who is weak. And so they're vulnerable instead of seeing it as a very beautiful thing, like how beautiful that that infant is completely dependent on their parents. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing that they're vulnerable and that they can trust their parents. Mm -hmm. And we need to just continue to grow with that Mm -hmm. as we age yeah, and continue to have that dependence on others, but also that ability to depend on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes vulnerability is doing something hard and risking failure and risking rejection, but doing it every doing it anyway because you know that that's what will help you learn and grow. Mm-hmm. But it's Absolutely. it can be really excruciating at times. Mm-hmm. And I like that point that you just made because a lot of the time we think of vulnerability in the context of connection with other people. You know, we kind of demonstrate vulnerability with how we are connecting with others. But you just made a great point that you can actually be vulnerable all by yourself. Mm-hmm which is a great point and it's something to recognize. Yeah. And I feel like it is part of developing that independent, true self, that wholehearted living, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can accept your entire story as it is. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think really as therapists, that's what we're trying to get our clients to do is to have 
because they can be vulnerable with us and that's beautiful and wonderful. But ultimately we're trying to help them be vulnerable with themselves so that they can then go out into Mm -hmm. the world and be appropriately vulnerable and connected with other people. But they have to start with that with themselves. And so I'll see that with like, clients who've experienced sexual abuse, you know, we start telling the story and it takes so long before they can really accept every piece of it. But once they do, it's so beautiful and you can just see them heal Mm -hmm. and they are different and Mm -hmm. they know that they're different and then they can go out and be vulnerable and connect with the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost taking that time to become vulnerable with yourself and then that will then enable you to become vulnerable with other people. So then I, in my mind, I think, what does that even look like? How do we be vulnerable with other people in a healthy way where we have good boundaries and we're being careful with ourselves and respectful of other people? And I think that it has a lot to do with time and the amount that we're sharing. So it's when you meet with somebody and you're on the same level, right? And then somebody will just start sharing everything. And I think we've all had experiences like that where a person is very, very open and we've just met them. And they're telling us all of these things. So we're at we're at this top level with them. And then all of a sudden they go six feet down and there's a big disconnect there, right? Because we weren't being vulnerable at the same time and connecting. And so what we can do with people or what you can try maybe in new relationships or maybe existing relationships that you're not really feeling like you're on the level that you want to be with that person, you kind of take turns. So I'm talking to somebody, I'm feeling secure with them. I'm having a conversation with them. I'm trusting them. And I offer up a little piece of myself. I, I open a door in myself that then allows that person to walk in and I'm allowing that because I feel safe with them. And then when I do that, then they feel more secure with me and then they open a door for me. And then all of a sudden we both lower down to a new level together. And that's what being vulnerable with somebody else is. It's taking turns, being respectful and secure with one another. And slowly over time and trust, we go down each level and each level and each level until we've really created a significant connection. And I think what helps people feel like they can do that with you is if they feel like you're not going to just share Mm -hmm. everything they've been vulnerable with you about. I think it is that time, it's that give and take, and it's that trust. Mm -hmm. Because I think we all know those people too, where we share something with them, and then suddenly the whole world knows. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) my poor teenagers experience that a lot because They're in residential treatment, so they're thrown in there with a bunch of kids who are also struggling, and Mm -hmm. they'll feel like they have a friend, and they'll share something with that friend, and then suddenly the whole school knows. And then they're in my office just, you know, crying, or, KJ, they told everybody this thing about me, and it really is so hard because they were vulnerable, and then it was just shared with the world, and Mm -hmm. that's not, not really what we're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. We're looking for somebody who can protect what we share with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think just remembering that if you want people to be vulnerable, be that safe place for them to land, that Mm -hmm. safe sounding board where you're not going to just share everything and just respect that they're being open with you. Yeah. Because it really can, it really can breed such a beautiful 
connection for two people. And we see this in all types of relationships. You can see this in your marriage or with a long-term partner or with your friends or family, or siblings and parents. So we can really create these connections and not just live on the surface with people. Like if we take the time and if we learn enough about ourselves and about the other person, we can have beautiful lasting connections with people. And Brene Brown talks about how it's very important to be able to have two to three people that you can, between the two to three people, you can be completely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So it might be, okay, I don't share everything with my husband because maybe it's like, well, it's more comfortable to talk about. For me, it'd be like, okay, but it's more comfortable to talk about pregnancy with someone who's been pregnant. So I shared this part with Elliot. I shared this with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes those two to three people who can hold everything with you that mm-hmm. you tested and you have made sure that they are trustworthy and that they will support you through it. But I love that idea because in our social media age, we're like, oh, I'm vulnerable if I'm vulnerable with all 500 of my followers. Mm-hmm. But it's more important that you're actually vulnerable in real life with two to three people that you can really trust completely and feel confident with. And I like what Jessica just said there because it follows one of those myths of vulnerability that Brene Brown talks about where she says that vulnerability is letting it all hang out. So if you are, like she said, giving the play-by-play of your divorce on your social media and you're letting that all hang out, don't fool yourself that you're being vulnerable with 500 people online. That's not what true vulnerability is. And that's not going to connect you to each of those people individually. I think kind of in this day and age, we've found this false sense of vulnerability where, oh, if I share this emotion on social media or I share this experience on social media, I'm going to get something back from that. I'm going to get, you know, a feeling of comfort or whatever it is. But you really won't fully experience the power of vulnerability by sharing that experience online. You will experience it if you are processing and talking and sharing with people that you have put that time and energy into being vulnerable with and you have that trust there. That is going to lead you to that place where you can be fully invested in sharing your truth with somebody. And that is a really powerful experience if you mm-hmm. get there. I just want to make the point that I feel like there's false vulnerability and there's mm-hmm. true vulnerability. And it's kind of up to you to figure out what your intent is mm-hmm. and go from there. Yeah. Because you really can use your social media and that way to connect with a larger group and to be honest and vulnerable and authentic. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at that intent and say, and really you can kind of tell by what happens, right? If I reach out and I say, oh, my father is sick in the hospital. And then people who I know and love reach out to me and support me, then that's being authentic and vulnerable. Whereas if I'm putting it out there, like my dad is in the hospital, feel bad for me. I need your guys's validation because I can't, you know, then that's kind of an inappropriate. I'm using my dad's illness for my own gain. And you can feel that intent in yourself, but you have to be again, vulnerable with yourself and willing to look at 
Why Mm -hmm. am I posting this? Why am I doing this? And a great example is for me, it's like, oh, if I'm going to post that I'm pregnant on my social media, am I doing that to make sure that everyone knows how great it is that I got pregnant after infertility? Or am I going on there to share good news with people that I love? And that was for me why I didn't post for so long was because I couldn't find the way to do it the right way. And so I waited Mm -hmm. until I felt like I could. And social media is such a funny thing now because it allows us to really go and look at our intent almost like, you know, I've had Facebook since I was probably 15. So, you know, over a decade (laughs) and Mm -hmm. You know, they have this thing where it can show you the posts you posted on that day, however many years ago. And I can literally go back and see the times in my life when I was just seeking attention, when I was posting things on there because maybe I was single and looking for somebody to date. So I just wanted to share all these cool things I was doing to seem cool. Like, I can go back and just see when I had kind of this false vulnerability going on or when I was seeking attention instead of really just sharing to share a part of me with people that I care about and want to connect with. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. It's like a microscope that I don't know if I want to look down. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Maybe that's what we do when we're not being brave enough. We just fake connections so that we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're connected when really... Or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like bomb. too hard to. Yeah, it's too hard to actually be connected. Yeah, so when we like, when we yeah when we don't feel brave enough, or we don't feel like we're capable of being brave enough. Yeah. Here's an example of a attention seeking social media post. I'm gonna have to delete this after I share it, so that you guys don't all go and find it. A picture of me at a football game. Just me. With the field in the stadium, with my hands out in like a shrug, and I'm saying, this is so mortifying. (laughs) Some guys will get to marry the girls who were the high school prom queens or the girls who took state in basketball. But the guy who marries me gets to marry the girl who was the high school football manager. So lucky, (laughs) right? Hashtag once a nerd, always a nerd. So when I'm looking back at this post, probably my intent was I want guys to think I'm cool because I know about football (laughs) and also to portray that I'm single and I am ready to mingle. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly sure, but it just feels, you know, not super authentic. So I'm going to call myself out on that one. Yeah. And we all have those. We all have them. So yeah. collecting data, Let's man. You know, I could take this next level by liking it myself so that you it should. adds one more like to it, you know, so the number goes up. Mm. <laughs> okay, guys. So we have some great takeaways for you, as always. Our first takeaway is to take a look at the people that you're interacting with in real life and identify those two to three people with whom you are cultivating that really close vulnerable relationship and continue to do that and invest in it and notice who they are and invest in that more. Pretty simple, but take time to say, oh, these are my two to three people. Reach out and have a conversation and connect with them this week. The takeaway I have for you is when we talked about 
being able to be vulnerable with yourself. And I think you can practice that by really looking at your intent, like looking at the intent behind your behaviors, your actions, and how you approach other people, what you're approaching them about, and just see really what is your intent. Is your intent to connect? Is your intent to get a reaction from somebody? And just be honest with yourself about that. And my takeaway for you guys, the last one, would be to channel Jessica in your life. I just love the experience that she shared about sitting so far away from Elliot on that couch. And she did so much work and she was so brave, but she was also very afraid. And so I think that if we can, if you guys can work on changing the that you're looking at vulnerability through. So instead of a lens of looking at it through weakness and fear and an opportunity to be hurt, start looking at vulnerability through a different pair of glasses. Look at it for an opportunity for growth and for change and for opportunity and lean into that. Lean into the uncomfortable feeling that you're getting and channel Jessica's bravery and be brave because if we're brave, we will get good results. Maybe not right away, but we will get them eventually if we follow through. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com. And if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us. It's just so nice to not be able to breathe. I love it. Just like, oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, that was so scary. Are you serious? It was just a little scary. That was not a little scary.